0: Well, good morning to you. How are you today? Good to have you in the house. Good to be with you. And if you're visiting with us, you're one of our guests. And we are honored that you've chosen to come into our home today. Also, you need to know we're actually one church in two locations. So I want to ask everybody on this Memorial Day weekend, if you will, join me. And let's just get a little cray, shall we? Just a little cray-cray. And I want us to put our hands together and give a crazy welcome into our service. Lake Hills Church downtown at Brazos Hall. Yeah. It is really, really, really special what God's doing in Brazos Hall through. That's pretty cool. As long as it stops very soon, it's cool. What in the world? I don't know if y'all got that downtown, but we just had a UFO landing here on the West Campus. That was bizarro. Is everybody still here? Did anybody lose anybody next to you? That was wild. You never know. But anyway, it is really, really cool what God's doing downtown, and uh, we're not sure who's doing anything here on the West Campus, but it's cool to get to be a part of the whole shooting match. You know, a few years ago, as a church family, we began partnering with like-minded churches around the country and since around the world through an organization that is known as C3 Global. C3 Global is the vision and the heartbeat of Ed and Lisa Young at Fellowship Church, where Julie and I served before we got to move to Austin and be a part of starting Lake Hills Church. And C3 Global was originally born to encourage and to equip and help Pastors and church leaders around the country and out of that it has become a worldwide movement planting churches in the UK in Guatemala Adopting orphanages throughout Haiti of which one of which is ours and it's been just an amazing amazing thing to see what God has done through this Conglomeration of like-minded like-hearted churches from a lot of different denominational backgrounds and a little less than a year ago C3 global began partnering with America's Mighty Warriors. And specifically, C3 Global invited America's Mighty Warriors to bring to their Alaso Ranch camp in East Texas families of fallen military heroes, gold star families, for a week of just fun, of pampering and relaxation, and just absolutely free of charge to them a place to decompress and unwind, many of whom who had recently lost loved ones, either in Iraq or Afghanistan. And it was out of that relationship with America's Mighty Warriors that we got to know Debbie Lee, who is the founder of America's Mighty Warriors. And on this Memorial Day weekend, we've invited Debbie to be a part of our service today, to share with you a little bit of her story, but also to let you know what you and I as a church get to be a part of. As we partner with America's Mighty Warriors and C3 Global to serve those who serve. It is a special, special relationship with a very special group of people led by an even more special woman. So I want to ask you today, if you will please join me and rise to your feet and get nuts in a crazy Lake Hills Church welcome for Debbie Lee. so glad to have you. Go ahead have a seat right there. <clears throat> Thank you for being here, Debbie. We appreciate it so much. Now, Is my mic on? let me see.
1: Yes, there, there we, we go. go. Rock and roll. Yes.
0: All right. Now, for those of you who were not here for our pregame this morning before our services began, Debbie's son, Mark, was a Navy SEAL. He was the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq in 2006, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But, Debbie, tell us a little bit about your story before America's Mighty Warriors and before Mark even went to Buds and Seals and all those kind of good things. You
1: bet. Um, I was a single mom most of my kids' life. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't follow God's principles. My mom forbid me to marry uh, my children's father. I married him and he was very abusive and almost killed me. Mm. And so at the age of 23, I found myself going through a divorce. I had a three-year-old, and an 18-month-old. And because of the violence in the marriage, the day I filed for divorce, it was final. And I found out two weeks later, I was pregnant with Mark. And so the, it, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It, it looked like this was gonna be a long haul. And you I didn't were have 23 any child support. I was 23, no child support, no family there to support. I didn't have a college education. And uh, I was determined, though I was going to make it through, and I was going to raise my children, and they weren't going to be one of the statistics. And uh, absolutely seeing God do amazing things. The beginning of my life, I tried to do it my way, and learned that doesn't work very <laughs> not well. Not so well. <laughs> yes.
0: I think we have actually a picture of you and Mark uh, from. I couldn't tell in this picture, is that in San Diego?
1: That is in San Diego. That's okay. right after he graduated from BUDS. And okay. he was so proud and I was so very proud of him.
0: I uh, can only imagine. Yes, yes. I can only imagine. Now, for those who may not be initiated, tell us what BUDS means what?
1: BUDS is the basic underwater demolition um, training that the SEALs all go through. And it is, I can't remember, 12, 14 weeks right. of intense, intense And training. you were telling
0: us last night at dinner that the stuff that we see on TV when the Discovery Channel says Navy SEALs training, is not even the tip of the iceberg. Nah,
1: it's just a little bit of what these guys go through. When they go through Hell Week, they actually get three hours of sleep for the entire week. And they get it in blocks of fifteen or twenty minutes here. And these guys are thrown out, you know, into the ocean constantly. They have to go get wet and sandy. And we're it's not safe. talking about
0: South Padre Island. We're talking mm-hmm. like fifty five degree water. Exactly.
1: They carry long. Fifty five degree dead. water. Yeah. It's it's absolutely amazing what they go through. And they're trying to break them. Because what they do in combat is the most intense of what our troops endure. So they have to be prepared. They have to be ready to stand and do absolutely amazing things. Now,
0: long before Mark got to Bud's and and that picture, I think we've got a picture of him as a kid uh, at a birthday party.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was probably seven or eight years old.
0: Now, did you have any idea in his personality or his makeup at this point that this was a kid that could become a Navy SEAL?
1: Uh, Mark was my enthusiastic. He would make Tons of weird sounds. I always said Disney didn't need to have anybody he could do it all, <laughs> but um, had an amazing sense of humor, was just, but always kind of pushed the envelope on everything, you know, attempted things that you think, you know, what you probably couldn't do. Yeah.
0: So. But it kind of takes that mentality to be a Navy SEAL, doesn't it?
1: It does. And actually more, what is more intense is the mental. The physical is extreme, but you have to get to that point where you you tell your body, no, you think you're, you're done, uh-uh, you keep going. You're right. not quitting, you're not giving up. And that's what, you know, proved successful for Mark Can, to become an I mean, I don't know,
0: we've been up here, what, three minutes? Can you tell where he might have gotten some of that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Now, you also have other kids. I think we've got, we've got a picture of your family here. Uh, you've got two other kids.
1: I do. My Who oldest aren't son. kids. But. No, they're, they're not kids. They passed me by now. They're
0: older than <laughs> they're I am. They're all older.
1: But my son, Christopher, was a Marine. He served um, for probably about seven years, got out just before Mark was killed. And my daughter, um, it, her husband went into the Army after they were married. She has five children, and he has three. So I'm a very blessed woman.
0: So you have a son-in-law who's—is he currently in the army?
1: He's out now. He's
0: out now. He, so he was army. Right. Your other son was a marine. Right. And Mark was Navy. I bet Thanksgiving dinner was really interesting around your house. It was pretty crazy, house.
1: and I have a brother in the Air Force still, so oh, really? I can say the hoo hoo ya hoo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so very proud. But of you said that
0: they really did go at it about whose, about which service was which superior. Was better,
1: yes, and it was crazy at dinner. And they weren't and, just and, playing around. No, they weren't just playing around. And finally, I'd have to <laughs> stand up and say, okay, guys. I've watched all of you guys go through your basic training. Let, let me straighten it out for you.
0: Right, right. And
1: the Marines, definitely for basic, that was the toughest training. Army was next, and Navy, I could actually do the physical requirements <laughs> for the Navy basic training. Now, the SEALs, that's a whole yeah. nother level. whole so. nother level. Yes, yes.
0: That's so funny. Now, I know Mark decided pretty early on. He, he just kind of made up his mind. He said, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. I think we got a picture of him and a buddy. Uh, that's
1: actually Bobby Gassoff, his swim buddy. And yeah. you're, you, with your swim buddy, you're tight. And Bobby was the one that was at the house with me uh, shortly after we received news about Mark. And those really are my adopted boys. But yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing what they go through and the bond that's there.
0: So Mark deploys to Iraq and he goes to Ramadi, which was kind of lovingly known as the hellhole of Iraq yes. in 2006. Talk a little bit about what that deployment was like and when he was killed.
1: Right. The, um, many of you may remember back in 2006, it was a terrible place. That's where the majority of our casualties were coming from in Iraq, was in Ramadi. And uh, his teammate said that was the worst piece of real estate over there. And the day that he died, they had been fighting for two hours in 115, 120 degree temperatures. I live in Arizona, sometimes we see 115, but you're not out doing anything physical. So I right. can't comprehend how you do that. Um, there were four SEALs that were on the rooftop.
0: And, and they're carrying around like 80 to 90 pound packs of equipment, fully, right. you know, head to toe, helmet, everything.
1: Although Mark carried the big gun, so he carried anywhere from 150 to 180 pounds.
0: In 115 degree that, heat, I can't even begin,
1: begin to understand. Yeah. That in itself would, you know, drop most of us to our knees.
0: Sure, sure. But
1: the four SEALs that were on the rooftop, Mark's buddy Ryan, um, had been severely injured. The bullets had hit his weapon and so he had shrapnel injury you know all through his head and as he fell to the ground two of the seals fell to their knees to help ryan mark could have made that very same choice Mm. nothing would have been wrong with that to drop and help ryan but he made the choice to stand up in the direct line of fire hoping the enemy would focus on him and try to fire at him and they could sneak the medic up to the roof and the medic got up there and he took one look at ryan he said we got to get him out of here immediately or there's no chance for survival so a second time, Mark, all by himself, made that same so choice So the first time again. he stood up,
0: he was not killed or wounded in that po- no, at that point. He was
1: not at that point, which it, that in itself is a miracle. Right. But he did it a second time, and he had the big gun, so he was able to lay down a lot of suppressive fire. But they all successfully got down off that roof, and they sent Ryan off for medical attention, and they climbed in their Bradleys. And we have watched our Navy SEALs do things that seem superhuman at times, mm-hmm. but... These are my boys, and I know them well now. Yeah. I know they were exhausted physically, emotionally. And y'all
0: really are a family. I mean, we, we throw that term around, but no. it's it's real for y'all. And we'll talk a little bit about your extended family in a minute. Um, so they're on the rooftop. Mark stands up not once but twice to draw enemy fire. They get the guy off the roof. Mark gets off the roof. They all got and off. And they get back to base. Yep. Okay. They jumped
1: in their Bradleys, and they headed back to the base. And um, after Mark's death, that base was named Camp Mark Lee, and I had the privilege of visiting there. Um, I've been over to Iraq twice, but um, they got back into the base, and they started to rip their gear off and get some water to refresh themselves, and the chief came in, and he said, we just found 30 insurgents that just attacked us, and without hesitation, Mark said, Roger that, let's go get them, so they climbed in their Bradleys, and they went back to that godforsaken place, these, and, these
0: people are different, yeah. I mean, you think about that, you come out of enemy fire, and two hours later, you're saying, let's go back.
1: And they think their buddy Ryan, they were sure that he died. So this is you know, one of their thinking, one of the you know, first casualties over there. And they go back, they clear several houses and they went in the last house Mark would be in. And they cleared the bottom of the house and they started up the steps and they heard Mark yell, on me! And the guys knew that many who were saying, I got the lead on this one, I'm taking this. And as they went up the steps, they drew fire through a window. And for the last and final time, Mark made the choice again yeah. to stand into that line of fire. He willingly, gave his life for his teammates and for the freedoms that we enjoy every single day.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I think you said something really interesting, Debbie, when we were talking this week, you know, for for most of us who will never have to experience what you have, Memorial Day, we recognize we think about flags and we think about the nation, but there's also mattress sales and all those other kind of things. Yeah. But you know, that Memorial Day is not something that we celebrate.
1: No, not at all. And that's one of the things for me, I've been on a campaign for six years. Obviously, our family deeply knows the price for our freedoms. Sure. And t- so to hear someone say, oh, celebrate Memorial Day, celebrate? We're remembering our fallen heroes and yeah. you're gonna tell me to celebrate? You know, I am very proud of Mark and the sacrifice that he made as I am all of our men and women who've given their lives. But this is not a time that, that, that we well. celebrate. We remember and we need to educate America. Um, I know growing up as a child, you know, we went to my grandmother's grave on Memorial Day. We went to my had twin sisters that died shortly after they were born. We put flowers there. I wasn't taught what it was about. Right. And we need to reclaim Memorial Day and let people know this is to remember those who specifically fell in combat for the freedoms that we have.
0: You know, there's a great, I know you know this, organ- there's a great organization that is doing just that, uh, Share the Load.
1: Carry the Load, yes.
0: Carry the Load, thank you. Carry the Load, and I believe it's dot .org. They've got a website that is devoted to like you said educating and reminding people that memorial day is memorial right it it is about honoring those who have fallen in defense of our freedoms talk a little bit about as just personally if you don't mind how did you get word that mark had been killed on the other side of the world
1: that's, that's a day that forever changed my life um i was actually i've been a widow also i married a second time and um have been a widow for 19 years And unfortunately, my oldest son Christopher had to call. When we received that word, he had to call and find me and tell me. And uh, he had called that night. The military had actually been looking for me in Oregon where we did live. And um, I had moved to Arizona shortly before Mark deployed, but I know he updated the paperwork with the right address. But they had been looking for me for about 10 hours up there. And finally, we're like, we've got to find this woman or she's going to be hearing on the news before we notify her. And so they come to my house. I wasn't home, and my neighbor, they went over to her, and she said, well, I know where her son works, and they called and tracked him down. And he called, and he's like, hey, Mom, where are you? And I said, well, I'm a, it's Wednesday night, I'm Bible study. Why, what's up? And he said, how long will it take you to get home? And I thought, well, it's an odd question. Yeah. I don't know, five minutes, seven minutes. Why, what's up? And he said, you just need to come home. His voice wasn't alarming, nothing to alert me, but I knew. I knew when Mark left, he wasn't coming back. I'm not a worrier, I'm not a fretter, but I just knew he wasn't coming home and um, we were actually celebrating my birthday that night which had been the week before but we hadn't gathered and my girlfriend had given me one of the willow tree statues that's courage and she said you remind me of such a woman of courage with all you've been through and little did we know how much more it would need and as I left I said please be praying something's not right and I got in my car and there was a song from my past and it said I put my hope in you O Lord trusting you I will not be shaken knowing that you will see me through, I put my hope in you. And I just sang that over and over and over and over. And I got to the main intersection by my house and there was probably five fire trucks and ambulances and police cars. And I'm like, my house blew up. That's all it is.
0: (laughs) That's all it is.
1: Well, I would have much rather, trust me, had that. And as I I still to this day, I have no idea how I got through that intersection, but I pulled into my subdivision and there were no more emergency vehicles. And I knew back to my gut what it said. And um, I turned the corner by my house, and there was no black car parked out front. Uh, I guess I watched too many movies, but um, my son was on the sidewalk just pacing back and forth. And I parked on the wrong side of the street, and got out, and he said, Mom, the Navy's here. And of course, you know when you have someone serving in the show up at your house, it's not good news. And I went in, and they proceeded to tell me that my son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed in action. And I knew at that moment, I knew this would be the toughest thing I'd ever been through. But God had been so, so faithful in my life. I knew he would sit, see me through. And uh, my small group followed me home and um, I noticed them out through the window standing outside and I'm like, you know, get in here, I need you. Well, my neighbor was from New York and they were very private and they told them, don't, don't, you leave her alone, you let her grieve. And I'm like, uh-uh, get in here. And they stayed for several hours. And, you know, we talked about Mark, we prayed, we cried, we, you know, prayed and cried, and they left, and my oldest son um, met his wife when he was serving in Okinawa, and uh, she had gone back home for six weeks to see her family, and he said, I'm going to stay here tonight, Mom. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to go try to get some sleep. Well, I knew sleep was not an option, and I went and picked up my Bible, and I'm not one of those that says, just let it flop open, and that's where God's speaking to you, but that is exactly what happened. And it opened to Psalms 27, and started out, The Lord is my light my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me. And I'm reading this going, this could have been pinned to me yeah. this very moment. And I won't go through the whole thing, but I would encourage all of you to go home and read that Psalms. The second to last verse said, I would have lost hope if I had not believed, I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I saw that courage thing again, and I'm like, okay, there's a theme going through hmm. tonight. And, and I that's closed- that's Psalm
0: 27?
1: Psalms 27. You need to write that down. And I closed my Bible, and I was crying in comfort, crying in pain, I said, Lord, you, you have, you promised to be a husband to the widow and a father to the fatherless. And again, you're, you're showing yourself you're here right now for me when I need you the most. And, uh, in my thoughts, he said, I want you to read this at Mark's funeral. And I'm like, I know I rolled my eyeballs like a teenager. <laughs> like, you gotta be kidding me. I buried a husband. I know what funerals are like, but this is my son. Yeah. I don't know if I'll throw up or pass out. I don't know what I'll do. And I kind of paused, and I have learned that when God prompts me, it may not make sense, but to obey. I said, okay, Lord, and um, read that that, at Mark's funeral. And he gave me, I was not a public speaker before, terrified to be in front of people. And he gave me such boldness as I read that. And people were so touched and so moved. And it's just, it's been absolutely amazing what God has done, the strength he's given me.
0: Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Tell us a little bit about the birth of America's Mighty Warriors and what y'all do.
1: You bet. Um, and again, go read Mark's last letter home. Everybody, it's on our website. Uh, I'm sure divinely inspired. America's thing to write down,
0: americasmightywarriors.org. Yes. americasmightywarriors.org has Mark's last letter home from Iraq before he was killed. And that was really the seed that God used yes. to birth America's yeah. Mighty Warriors. Yeah.
1: Amazing letter. And it was about two and a half weeks before he died. I know he thought it was just going to family and a few friends, you know, not that it would inspire millions and millions of people around the world, but um, he talks about doing more random acts of kindness, how we could change our world. You know, He talks about what he saw, I mean, uh, amazing letter, yeah. and he ends it with, uh, to my family and friends, do me a favor, pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life, and so I accepted that challenge. Mark's name meant Mighty Warrior and I'm sure you guys all agree, definitely lived up to that name. Yeah. But it's not just about Mark. It is about each and every one of our men and women who've served and who have sacrificed and given so much for our freedoms. That's why it's America's Mighty Warriors. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you just had a phenomenal opportunity at San Diego there at the SEALs yes. training base yes. on Coronado Island. Talk a little bit. I think we've got a picture from the day. Hold on. Don't, don't show the picture yet. Don't show the picture. Tell us what that honor is.
1: You bet. Um, Mark's birthday was March 20th, and we dedicated the new Trade Up building, which is the building where all the SEALs go through before uh, they deploy, every deployment, they do their workups and training there, and it was dedicated to the Mark A. Lee Training Center.
0: We got a picture of that from the day that she was there. So every SEAL who ever deploys will go through the Mark A. Lee training. That guy with Debbie is Dennis Brewer. He is the uh, pastor of finance and operations at Fellowship Church and was there with his wife, Sue Day, on the day that they you dedicated bet. that. You
1: bet. And a huge honor. I mean, to have the community do that for Mark yeah. or all the seals, that's bigger than having any ship named after you. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. Debbie, on behalf of our church, thank you for what you do day in and day out, but also for what we get to partner with you in being a part of. and. Uh, you know, just real quickly, tell us what America's Mighty Warriors actually does so that folks know who you are and what you do. You
1: bet, we've got uh, four main aspects that we do, the random acts of kindness that we do in response to Mark's letter for our troops and the um, families of the fallen and their families. Uh, We have an education piece, so we're out, you know, speaking, educating people as to what our troops do, uh, Mark's sacrifice, you know, what all of our military does. Uh, We also have the, uh, what we do for the families of the fallen. We have a house in Arizona called the Heroes Hope Home where they can come stay free for the week and they just get pampered and left on they get gift baskets with chocolate and flowers and balloons and insider gift cards for manicures pedicures massages meals sporting events so the whole week yeah. they've given their very best you bet. and so that's something we can do for them and we also do advocacy so we're up on capitol hill a lot um, alerting people when there's an issue or an injustice against our troops that we can make it right we owe can that you do to me them. a favor
0: real quick i want you to tell the story about what y'all did with delta airlines last year
1: yeah, it was actually a couple years ago, and Delta Airlines. This is this Airlines, a great
0: story. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> Delta Airlines. Um, you may remember some of our troops were coming home from um, from the combat zone, and Delta Airlines tried to charge excess baggage fees to our troops for bringing, bringing their gear home.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: And I was disgusted. Go Delta.
0: Southwest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that was my response. Uh uh-uh, uh Not on my watch. This yeah. this is not happening. <laughs> hey, and listen.
0: They they would rather face a team of SEALs than this one right here. I'm telling you right now. I'm sorry. This is great. I love this story.
1: So I called Delta and talked to their corporate office and tried to get them to change their mind. I want to give a fair opportunity to people when there's no justice. And, um, you know, they weren't real willing to do that. And I said, well, I have, you know, pretty huge You've got a Rolodex at this point. Yeah. And um, if you guys don't want to take care of it, then I'll be alerting my list and we'll be giving your phone numbers and corporate address. and they didn't do anything, so I put the word out and they were bombarded with phone calls and emails and people canceled their you know, credit cards they had that were Delta Mile cards, they canceled their frequent flyer, they said, we're never flying with you again, and within 24 hours, Delta had changed their mind and refunded oh them.
0: I love that. That's so good. That's beautiful. That's great. I, I just think that's a great story. Yeah, so. Debbie? On behalf of our church, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do every day. Yeah. And thank you for letting us, just in a small way, partner with y'all going forward. We're looking forward to being there at the camp this summer. And uh, hopefully some of our folks will be able to be there and help pamper and, and give and make that happen. Thank so, you.
1: Thank you. And one other thing real quick, um, with it being Memorial Day, you know, and we tied in, um, obviously, yeah. as you said, our biggest sacrifice, you know, is Christ and what he's done for us. My kids, um, after I became a widow, often would come to me for questions and ask you know, for advice and wisdom, and, and lots of times I didn't have the answers. And I would tell them, go ask your daddy. And they knew that meant to be in the word or on their knees seeking God's wisdom. And so I tell people, it's no surprise what Mark did because he followed in his daddy's footsteps. Yeah. Christ laid down his life for us for an eternity. Mark gave his life for our freedoms here, but I'm um, so proud of him for following in his daddy's footsteps, and thank you guys for your support. Thank you, Daddy,
0: so much. Thank you. we'll, was, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll go ahead and have a seat for just a second. freedoms afforded us by people like Mark Lee and people like Mark Lee are able to do what they do because of people like Debbie Lee and countless other moms and dads and wives and husbands who support and hold down the fort while they're away on our behalf. The good news, the good news of Jesus Christ is apolitical, that means it is not, it rises above. And I think Debbie said so well that Mark followed in his daddy's footsteps. in paying the sacrifice that he did. Jesus said in John chapter 15, greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus knew what he was talking about. because he did that. This Memorial Day is an opportunity for us as Americans to honor those who have fallen on our behalf. And as Americans, it's a reminder and an opportunity to focus on the sacrifice that Christ made for our ultimate freedom. We use the term to celebrate communion because that's what it is. But every single day that we get to live, Whether it be in the United States or somewhere else, every single day is an opportunity to honor the sacrifice that Christ made, to honor and worship God as God, to say, you are God and I am not. Thank God. But an an opportunity to honor him in every decision that we make. In every conversation that we have, every relationship that we maintain, strengthen, and deepen, this idea of honor is an opportunity for us. On this Memorial Day weekend, For those of us who have already stepped into a relationship with Christ, I want to challenge you to honor God in everything that you do, not only today, but throughout this coming week. I want that to be front and center in your mind, how you conduct business, how you study for finals, for some of you that you study for finals. Every single thing is an opportunity to honor God. The God whom you have confessed as your Savior, the God who has given you life, and you have said, I will follow you for the rest of my earthly life. Honor that God. And as you do that, thank God for the blessing of being born into this nation that we call home. But some of you here today have never stepped into that relationship with Christ. For you, God has been at a remove, at a distance. Maybe by circumstance, maybe by choices you've made, you've kept God at arm's length. I can't imagine a greater honor from your life on this Memorial Day weekend than to step over that line of faith and trust in Him and give your life to Him. To give your life and surrender to the only one who will never take advantage of your surrender in a relationship with Him. want to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And in this moment, if you're here today and you've never stepped into that relationship with Christ, as a church, we want to invite you to do just that. To just pray right where you're sitting. A prayer of beginning. A prayer of relationship. Maybe you're downtown at Brazos Hall and You just kind of walked in the doors today for whatever reason, but in this moment, God's doing something in your life. We want to invite you to respond to that something, to silently pray right where you're sitting in your own words, something like this. Just talk to God and say, God, I need you. I know that you are God and I'm not, but I don't want to even play God anymore. So I give you my life. I confess my sin. I claim your forgiveness. And what you did for me on the cross, Jesus, I accept I choose to believe that you rose again to offer me new life and so I honor that by giving you my life, once and for all. I want to ask you just to remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. But if that was your prayer and you just gave your life to Christ, I to ask you if you would just quietly, but very definitively, if you would raise your hand and hold it up high over your head. Downtown, y'all as well. If you've just given your life to Christ, if you would just raise your hand and hold it up high for just a moment, because this is the most important moment in your life. This moment. It's why we exist as a church. It's a moment that ought to be marked, nailed down. And as a church, we honor that. We honor the God who did that and we honor you for responding to his grace initiative. so as a church family, we've got a tradition around here. We like to put our hands together and tell you, welcome home. That's why we're here. Because that is why Jesus Christ died on the cross. That is why any of this happens. And so we celebrate that with you. You know when we gather together for worship we set aside a time for giving just to say God thank you for everything that you've done for us and as a church family to come together and say in this worship God fuel the ministries that you've called us to And so that's what we do I want to ask you in this moment if you will bow your heads And let's use this time as worship. Take this time to be still and just say, God, thank you for everything that you've entrusted to me. Thank you for every blessing of this past week. Thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy. Let's pray together. Father, right now as a church family, we bring to you your tithe. And we ask God that you would use it for your purposes and your pleasure.